0: Come on, let's get nuts.
1: Batarang, the podcast where we bring you the Batman insights that others are too superstitious and cowardly to deliver. We're reviewing Batman the Animated Series. This week, don't get ticked off, but it's about time we introduced you to Temple Fugit because we watched Season 1, Episode 25, The Clock King. Then... We debut a brand new segment, The Arkham Kives, where we'll revisit a comic book run the most missed featuring Batman across time, here on Batarang. And we are back. I am your host, Sam, here with your Batman expert, Brandon. That was two kids throwing the ball back and forth, right? That's exactly it. Perfect. It's Wimbledon. <laughs> uh, okay, so we watched episode twenty-five, "The Clock King," and came away with some impressions of it. Uh, this was uh, for me a middling episode,
2: um, but it
1: d- definitely had some bright points to it.
2: Yeah, for me, it's one of those things where, um, on its face, right on it yeah Yeah. Uh yep. sorry um it like the villain is so stupid that the fact that it works at all is nothing short of
1: a miracle (laughs) well the only reason that he was in this is that he was grandfathered in god damn it (laughs) two can play that game um so yeah uh I mean it is nice that they took a really stupid villain and made like even an okay episode out of it yeah that's commendable um but that's what they did, right? They made in my opinion anyway, they made an okay episode. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um but yeah. Uh shall we get into our twenty-two-second summaries? Yeah, let's do that. Get the um, clock calling it up. Okay. Let me know when you're ready. I think I am ready. And go. Mayor Hill, before he becomes mayor, gives uptight uh efficiency expert some bad advice turns out the expert is temple fugit the clock king and seven years later he has his revenge he uses his superpower of being really good at time question mark to sabotage hill's re-election campaign and then kidnap him batman fights his way through death traps and smug monologuing
2: to finally clean his clock okay came came in at 23 and change oh shoot which considering that it's this this episode that is all the more
1: yeah temple oh.
2: would not approve no oh no he wouldn't <laughs> god um okay cool um so frustrated efficiency expert you know like that that guy in office space uh is getting revenge against Mayor Hill, and his method of doing that is basically to commit crimes more in the open, because otherwise there's no way he would have had enough materials to commit the crimes that he's committing. Um, and you know, kids love a good mayoral campaign story. Okay, <laughs> I came in at, like, 2204.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just hard to, uh, hard to explain this episode in 22 seconds, because it's a little convoluted when you think about it.
2: Yeah, yeah, um... And do you think, my guess is that in the writer's room, they're like, ah, it's wheels within wheels. We are some clever. No, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think that was
1: it. I, I think they were just like, what story can we tell about the Clock King? Yeah. And then, like, answering that question raises more questions.
2: Like, why are we telling a story about the Clock King?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Other than the fact that he was
2: grandfathered in. God, he doesn't, <laughs> You can't. <laughs> <sighs> that's fine. That's fine. Even a broken joke is funny twice a day. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, I mean, that's the thing is, doing my summary just now, I liked the episode less. <laughs> I could feel my desire to talk about this ebbing away. um Yeah, well, it was like. <laughs>
1: Oh, much of it was boring to watch. Right? Yeah. There was a couple parts that were like riveting to watch, right. but I feel like 15 of the 22 minutes were boring to watch.
2: And and to sort of get the uh get the ball rolling on talking about that, uh yeah, the uh the sort of the episode title card comes up and you know, it's it's cool there's watches whatever. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um and then, you know, the the director's name pops up, and I'm like, "Ooh, it's Kevin Altieri." Yes, which raises my expectations significantly. That's the thing is, you never, you never know exactly which Altieri you're gonna get. Yeah. The, so
1: the, I was like, I'm gonna look for those Altieri hallmarks, and like, they didn't really come up. In fact, the animation was probably like the worst in the bottom three
2: animation-wise that we've seen. Yeah, except for like that one shot of uh, Hill when he's about to get crushed by. By the minute hand. Yeah, that part was pretty cool. Yeah, um, which you know. Great. So that that disappeared. One of my one of my talking points. God, what am I gonna do? Um, <clears throat> what do you mean to disappear? One of your talking points. Well, I mean, I was gonna talk later about how good that that shot of Mayor Hill looked, and then and I gave it away now.
1: Well, I think we can spend. <sighs> well, we can we can talk about it twice.
2: Because we can actually describe it when we get to. Oh, uh,
1: okay. But anyway, um, yeah, like we didn't have any of those really good, like painted close ups. Right. uh, Or, um, you know, I don't know, what are the other Altieri hallmarks?
2: Coherent story. Yeah. 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 I mean, this, the more we're talking about, the more this feels like one of those episodes where they sort of, they knew they didn't have like the time or budget to make this one really work. So they just, through someone who's good at their job at it to try to, like, salvage. Yeah. That's what it seems like. Ironically, they didn't have the time to do this one. Right. I'm not going to acknowledge that any more than... <laughs> um, so the episode opens uh, on on the Gotham
1: subway system. It does. Uh, and Hill is on the subway, but this is not Mayor Hill. This is Councilman Hill. Right. And this is the year approximately,
2: what, 1987? Something like that. Right? Because if we've established that the show generally takes place in 1993-94 and this was a either this was seven years ago or we get a title card that gives us like so anyway it was seven years before the rest of the series yes so like probably it was in the mid 80s anyway yeah um and i gotta i gotta say just i have a hard time believing that a councilman is riding that subway me too
1: at first i was like mayor hill would not be riding the subway right and then i was like okay councilman but still
2: because like the subway is nasty inside it's so well it's it's nasty and empty right which makes you wonder like when is this supposed to be during the day right
1: the,
2: like so first of all the subway itself
1: is like as wide as like your house yeah and it's full of tables and chairs. It's like all it benches, like it's a big, like an old, um, like Amtrak or something.
2: Yeah, it, it all feels like it's supposed to invoke like New Yorkiness. Like if you've seen the Warriors, it's like one of the subway stops in there or, you know, trains. Um, but yeah, you're right. It's, it's all huge. And they're trying to, I guess... Invoke the same sort of art deco style
1: Yes, and it is art deco But it's like art deco in like serious disrepair
2: Right, yeah Um, Which, I don't know I can't help but wonder like If we saw like more shots of the subway later Like, I don't know, did... It looks like the subway system got better. Maybe Mayor Hill is good at his job. Maybe. Like,
1: (laughs) whoever is in charge of the transportation department, like, certainly is, because the subways are significantly better. And he is launching these, like, pristine, brand new trains. Yeah. Which only fail because the clock gang messes them up.
2: Right. So, honestly, like, I don't know. I don't, I never go into a Batman episode wanting to root for Mayor Hill, but here we are. Yep. Um, So he...
1: Yeah. uh, The guy comes aboard. He times it so he can meet Mayor Hill at this particular stop because he has a bone to pick with him. And he reintroduces himself because Hill has forgotten who he is. Yeah. And he gives his name, which we already said at the top, but it's Temple Fugit, which is so stupid because neither of those things are a name.
2: Yeah, is it... Like... Is it supposed to sound like fugue, like a fugue state? What? Because usually, like these, you know, these names have some sort of joke in them. But I don't well, tempest fugit
1: is like Latin for a uh, a, to- a problem with time, or like taking advantage of the time, or something. Let's look that up. Maybe something we should have done already. <coughs> well, too bad we can't cut any of this out too bad uh oh tempest fugit uh it means time flies but he doesn't fly no so tempest fugit means time flies i hate that yeah it's really dumb and the guy's name is temple fugit and temple is not a name right it could be i mean maybe it's short for templeton
2: i mean yeah which is usually a surname but i don't know satchel is a name yeah very weird yep uh, anyway <laughs> anyway uh, so, so you mentioned he's timed it out and I want to I do want to say like here's an Altieri trademark for you weird little details so I didn't stop the stop the video and get the whole thing but dude has brush teeth on his itinerary oh I didn't even see his he, itinerary yeah he has a two minute window for brush teeth yeah um, so oh boy we know like they, they put a lot of thought into just how um, how punctilious this guy is. Yes. And it's not just that he's, like, OCD about time. He also
1: has, like, an idyllic memory for time. Yeah. Because he can remember to the second the last time or the
2: first time he met Hill. Right. And part of what's wild to me about that, right, is that usually, like, Batman villains, they take some sort of, like, vague mental disorder or a specific one and blow it way out of proportion. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, you know, Joker and sociopathy, um, right, disassociative personality disorder with Two-Face. This guy, just, just OCD. Just time. But not just just OCD. Like, like I
1: said, he has, he has, like, these other things, like, he can remember to the second things that happen, like, he has, there's, like, another disability. Right. Where you can't forget
2: things. Right. And he probably has this as well. Yeah. That, which explains why he's so angry about this thing um because yeah since it, his memory is it would feel to him every day like it had just happened every time he remembers it so right. that that'll make sense to me it's just, it's funny to me because um it feels like a sort of i don't want to say banal because having ocd uh blows um but like it's not one of these <laughs> i don't know what we tend to think of as criminal uh Psychologies. No, yeah. Um,
1: and I'm not 100% sure that he even has OCD or if he's just uptight about time. Yeah, it's hard to tell. Um, like, he has a schedule that he feels like he needs to stick to, but like he is able to break it in this episode.
2: That's, right? that's true, yeah, because when Hill gives him the advice to, like, loosen up a bit, take your coffee break at 3.15, um, and he tells his secretary to, you know, bring his coffee in a thermos, and it's one of those great, like, scene transitions where she just looks at him in shock, and then the camera just stays there for a while, Uh and it fades to black. Uh Uh-huh. Like, that is not a good good edit. It's just, it's the weirdest thing of, like, the scene that went on too long. Um, But I think we've glossed over what the plot actually is. Yeah, well...
1: Because... (laughs) Uh, Fugit has a court date coming up and Mm -hmm. he is looking for advice because if he loses this court date, his company will go bankrupt. Yeah. And that's when Hill tells him, you look so uptight, the judge is going to have you pegged for somebody that did something wrong even if you didn't. So just get off your schedule, try to relax, get outside, take your coffee break. Like, Do you take breaks? And he says yes every day at 3 and he says, well today take it at 3.15.
2: On the dot? (laughs) Um... Yeah, so I'm gonna get a little ahead of us here, but what I find sort of hard to believe now that you mention it is that Fugit knows well enough where where Councilman Hill will be to like ambush him on the subway, <clears throat> but did not know the thing about him representing this other firm that was suing his.
1: Yeah, I think it's my guess would be that he obsesses about certain things mm-hmm. and not
2: others. Yeah. Well, well, so, yeah, I don't know. Again, we'll get into plenty of things that don't make sense about this episode. Yeah. Um, But long story short, yep. he goes
1: to the park with his documents and his coffee at 3.15. Uh, for some reason, his coffee break involves him doing a lot of work with papers. Yeah. So, great. Yeah. Um, but then some kids throw a ball at him and... Uh, the papers end up blowing away, and some of them get in the water, and this makes him late for his court date. Which I want to call attention to the scene where he's late for his court date because mm-hmm. it's shot like a like a fantasy sequence of yeah. of what could go wrong, right? And I'm expecting it to cut to what really
2: happened, but the but the scene is what really happened. Yeah. It. See, I was reading it as his memory, like him having a nightmare, basically, of of what had happened, right? Because you're right, it does look like a German Expressionist sequence. Right.
1: Uh, Like the judge is on this really high pedestal, like Mm -hmm. looking down at him, and like he's late and still
2: soaking wet. Right. And like, it's just shot weird, or like
1: animated weirdly.
2: Yeah, everything up to now has been like pretty naturalistic. Um, Also, like it's hard to believe he wouldn't have another set of copies, but that's neither here nor there. Yeah um i want to say about the uh, the scenery actually loses the papers he yells at the wind no don't do this to me and it's like a My dude, that's not how... That's not how the wind works. I think he's just kind of cursing fate. Yeah, God God himself.
1: Yes. (laughs) Uh, But the the choice bit is at the end, uh, the judge says, maybe this will teach you to be on time.
2: Yep. And you have... Yeah, it's just the first, like, really good... um, Really good, I don't know, irony of this episode. Um, But yeah, he's dripping wet and it fades to black and then then we get the seven years later 8 57 p.m oh a.m
1: yeah Uh, but yeah it's uh i like that little little flourish Mm -hmm. but bruce wayne and alfred are in traffic because they're going to an event for the mayor uh yep now mayor hill yep he is a re-election event and uh there's a traffic accident which delays it and we soon realize that
2: the clock hang is responsible. Yep. A taxi hits uh, hits Wayne's Rolls Royce. Alfred gets out, and he's ready to fight. <laughs> um, he just, like, I love... Alfred is so sassy in this episode, and I he really is. enjoy it. The few bits that he's in,
1: he is extremely sassy. Yep.
2: Um, and Bruce just kind of looks up um, when... When okay, so this uh Hill like re-election poster like unfurls on this building, and it's graffitied. Um, Batman looks up there and sees someone. Um, by the way, Hill's re-election campaign uh, slogan is "Time for a change," which I don't think is a good slogan for an incumbent. No, I think Fugit made that. Oh, okay. Hmm, not very persuasive. <laughs> I don't know. But that, that's the thing, right? Is, like, he b- did some of it that looked real and some of it that, lo- that looks like, vandalism.
1: Yeah, like, his own, like, his own poster that Fugit made mm-hmm. that has time for a change on it also mm-hmm. has a defaced picture of Hill on it. Right. And we see that image, exact image again, in Fugit's, uh, like, layer.
2: Right, right. Um, I agree that it's confusing. Yeah, yeah, okay, good. Um... <clears throat> So yeah, Batman, uh, grapples to the top of this building, and he
1: and I was gonna say no, no, he doesn't grapple. He runs up the stairs. That's right. And we see Bruce Wayne's silhouette through the windows, turn into Batman's silhouette. That's right. On like floor six, which is actually kind of cool. And then Batman pops out, and he's like, "Aha!" Yep.
2: (laughs) That that's yep. That's the that's the scariest man alive. Aha! <laughs> um, uh, but, like, Fugit easily
1: escapes. Yeah. First by throwing a pocket watch bomb at him, and then just, like, back backflipping off of... Well, sitting down on the ledge and... Somersaulting backwards. Somersaulting backwards, yeah. backwards
2: onto a passing L train. Right, because it's always six minutes early. And that's my, like, biggest question about the seven years in between, right? Is, um... Fugit went from, like, this total milk toast you know I mean he's dressed the same way he still has that stupid bowler hat Uh uh-huh but now he's able to take several story dives off of buildings and land on moving trains he can fight Batman yeah (laughs) right like well now he's driven by hate right but how (laughs) look I've hated a lot in my life I've never been able to do any of but you don't have a time-based superpower I don't have a time-based superpower that would somehow make me strong and and fast that's true yeah um because that's the thing it's just because you know something is coming doesn't mean you can do anything about it which is why I say that it's a superpower fair enough and not just knowledge right
1: um because like anyone can know that Batman takes .2 seconds to throw a punch Mm -hmm. but it takes a super person to be able to react that fast that's true yeah
2: um cool uh, so, oh, sorry. Yeah, Batman begins doing detective work, and oh. I'm sorry. Can we backtrack for a second? Yeah. Um, for one thing, uh, Mayor Hill ends up at this this traffic light. Yes. Right. So, okay. Um, someone I think the cabbie makes the comment about like him being mayor over the hill. So we're to understand that one traffic light. Problem is enough to tank his mayoral re-election campaign. Gotham is not in a good enough place where the traffic lights this time did not work. And you know what? We need a new mayor. Like, I feel like you have other things to worry about, like, I don't know the murder clowns um,
1: <laughs> well I mean political slurs stick when there is some truth to them so my guess is there's something underlying that there's already something bubbling up where people are tired of Hill and,
2: and that's fair and I know like again it's a children's cartoon um, and we don't have like it's a 22 minute episode we don't have time to get into you know tax law in Gotham or yeah all of, all of his yeah. other political liabilities whatever they happen to be right. But then we see the we see the vandalized poster and he'll asks if it's a joke. It's like, yes. Yes, it's a joke. <laughs> like, what? what did you think it was, my dude? Um, just he's just like it isn't a very jokey joke, otherwise it would be Joker and then they'd be in real trouble.
1: Yes. Not that he's not in real trouble now, honestly. Because right. things uh, things are not good
2: and they're about to get a lot worse for him. That's true, fugit does get closer to killing Hill than Joker did. Yeah. <laughs> Feels bad to say out loud. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Batman
1: begins doing some detective work. He discovers that the pocket watch that had the little bomb in it was a $6,000 um, Metronex. Yeah. And evidently, there is a uh, government or like private database of everyone that has bought and sold a Metronex, which I wish they had those for handguns.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, fun fact. Uh, handguns have several serial numbers printed at different places and that's why some people when they try to file off serial numbers uh, from a handgun they only get a couple because you actually have to take it apart to get the last one. Um, but I cannot, as a uh, random person look
1: up the list of every single handgun that's been bought and sold in the USA and who currently owns them.
2: Well, if you want to know how you'd be able to do that check back on our, uh, our interview about the back Computer. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> boom! Synergy.
1: That's synergy. Yes. Uh, That was way back in episode one. Oh, God. So go dial the Wayback Machine to um, uh, on other wings if you want to learn more about the Batcomputer.
2: Yep. So, Alfred drives Batman in the white Rolls Royce. Yes. (laughs) I also wrote that down. he's not even like... Sometimes he'll at least have the decency to, like, slump down in the back seat. Nope, nope. it was just Batman sitting in the car. Yep, anyone
1: that looks through that window would see Batman sitting in the back of Bruce Wayne's Rolls Royce.
2: Yep. Um, and, of course, the... Uh, the serial number pointed them to an abandoned, uh, demolished clock factory because, of course, it did. Yeah, and then Batman has to, like, move some rubble to get into it, but Fugit
1: has his lair down there.
2: Yes, and, um... I do really like the sound design in this scene. Mm-hmm. Like, the whole um, like all the clocks being perfectly synced is so much creepier. <laughs> um, so I do really like that about it. Like, of course he has a bunch of of clocks down there and
1: Yeah, he yeah. Just has a shitload of clocks.
2: Um, that's and then he gets—I don't know—the next bit of evidence. Yeah, like he
1: has all his plans just laid out. Yeah, uh, and there's like some pictures of the bank. Yeah, and yeah. then Batman is like, the the bank. He's
2: looking at that. What would he be doing? Wait a minute. The time locks. Right, and it, <laughs> and by the way, if if you haven't watched the episode yet, I hope like. I think Sam's voice there really evoked what the camera does, which is just a real close-up shot on Batman's face. (laughs) Um, Like, the words, the time locks, are supposed to be menacing for children. Yes. Yep. Uh, So, he goes to the bank. He Along Toth Street, or Toth, uh, depending on how you pronounce it, uh, the Egyptian god of wisdom, sometimes Ibis-headed. I just thought that was a really weird choice for for the name of a street in Gotham yeah weird it's more more <laughs> of an asteroid on the expanse right uh, um, again yeah. these small I guess I've just watched these enough that these are the details that stand out to me now oh god I can see it all I can see forever <laughs> <laughs> my god it's full of clock buns um yeah so they go to the bank and um Fugit's already done. Yes,
1: yeah, so this is one of those rare circumstances where Batman is way too late.
2: Yeah, well, that's because, like, he's not taking—he's not grappling anywhere. He's just taking the Royce. Uh-huh. Um, like, I don't know. I'm, I'm now thinking about, like, how difficult it would be to change pants while going upstairs. Uh-huh. Even if he's wearing the Bat uniform under his suit, which, too hot, but fine— um, it's a rip-away one, like a stripper. Nobody tug on Bruce Wayne's coat. Right. It's, don't tug on Superman's cape. Do not touch Bruce Wayne's tearaway pants. Uh-huh. Um, <clears throat> uh, but anyway,
1: uh, the money's all gone, but a death trap remains. And Batman goes in to investigate this uh, tape recorder. Mm-hmm. The vault slams shut and locks him in. Idiot. <laughs> he gets a monologuing tape recorder that tells him what's going on. Which you need for a good death trap. You do. Um, but if he was smart, he just wouldn't have done that. <laughs> well, right? Because Batman would not have been able to figure out how to get out in time. Yeah, basically. But he's like too obsessed with like counting down time at, to like not make a point of it. Right. Um, but like, it's kind of funny. Like He takes out his torch to try to cut through the... Through the uh, lock, yep, uh, and like the the tape is taunting him and saying that it would take another seventeen minutes on top of the time that he has, right? Uh, and by the way, the death trap is a vacuum. Yeah, Fugit knows
2: a lot about Batman. Right? He does. He says like, um, I've looked at news footage, and that's how he got like the stats on Batman's punches and kicks and whatnot. Um, and this goes beyond like people knowing that there's a Batcave. Uh, to things like yeah, he has an oxyacetylene torch in his belt, and like, what news footage got that? Um, Summer Gleason's good, but she's not that good. Yeah, good question. Because uh, because the episode needs it. That's why.
1: Yep. I mean, it didn't even need it. No. Uh, he could have just said like any torch, right? Like, the most powerful industrial torch. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the uh, people uh, people know Batman, man.
2: He, he's the worst. Like, there's this bit in Dark Knight Returns where Green Arrow says that, uh, that sure, Batman always played it secret, but the loud kind of secret, uh-huh. like, he is the worst kept secret in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, which is always funny, because especially, like, when I was a kid reading Batman comics, they played around with the idea that, like, a lot of people thought Batman was an urban legend. Mm-hmm. It's like, does that make sense? Because everyone knows who Superman is. And they're besties. Mm-hmm. So how does that work? It doesn't. It doesn't. Um, there I may was... be like... Yeah, if you have like
1: a standalone Batman series mm-hmm. that doesn't acknowledge everything else and it's like almost like this show, right? Right. Uh, you could probably do that. Like he does exist, but... Yeah. Or an M&M's commercial. Right. What? <laughs> For, don't worry about
2: it. <laughs> okay. A few people at home know what I'm talking about. Uh, is it... Is it because J.K. Simmons voices Yellow Eminem and he also played Commissioner Gordon?
1: Yes, that was it. That's it. Perfect. Okay, so you the... got it.
2: <laughs> oh, God. My head
1: hurts so much. Um, okay. But Batman has to escape the death trap. He does it by in a pretty cool way. It is, yeah. He breaks open the uh, the cassette tape that has the the taunting on it right. and creates a little uh, conv- a uh, pulley a system, system yeah. where he's able to pulley the... The bomb slash vacuum mm-hmm. uh, over to the to the vault because if he it's a vibration sensitive bomb and it will blow up if he tries to just open it right so instead he just moves it all the way over to the vault right the door and he just blows the door off yes at the last possible second he throws a battering at it
2: which is you yeah. know it's one of my favorite death traps in the series um, it's a good one yeah. yeah and you know i i like to see What's nice about it is it's one that isn't like you are alive until you are dead, right? So you see Batman struggling. and, you know, the idea of running out of error in a situation like that, that's scary. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's just overall a really good bit. Not to mention that he had
1: to MacGyver his way out of it mm-hmm. instead of just using his, a gadget or, like, timing
2: something right. Like, right. he had to build a tool. Yeah. When I was doing my notes, I was really searching for the name MacGyver, so I really appreciate you saying that, because all I kept bumping up against was Magruder or Columbo, <laughs> and either of those were, were apt for this scenario. No,
1: although he has columbo just way out of things in the past. <laughs> I think
2: magruder a couple of times. Probably. Um, uh, and then he just kind of staggers out of the hole he made in this bank wall. Yes. I will say that a bomb
1: powerful enough to destroy that vault door mm-hmm. would also kill Batman, uh, him being 30 feet away behind a few bags of money.
2: Right. The smarter thing to have done also wouldn't have blown the door. No. Right, the thing to have done would have been to sort of sandbag the bomb against the wall, and that way it would send the force in that direction. Yes, I'm not a bomb expert, but I've seen the Hurt Locker, so it's basically the same thing.
1: Pretty much, pretty much. Uh, too bad there's no Batman episode where he's pinned down in a foxhole by a sniper. <laughs> too, too, too bad.
2: Too bad uh, Catherine Bigelow hasn't made a Batman movie. Yeah, too bad. One day. We can hope. <laughs> I don't know if I want that, actually. Um, but while
1: this is happening, Mayor Hill is trying to give a speech where he's launching a brand new pristine subway system that will... It's Is it a, an
2: especially on-time subway, or what? So he's commemorating Gotham Central Station, which tells me that, I guess... Gotham just had a haphazard bullshit spider web. Boston, Boston's public transit. Uh huh. <laughs> That's my guess. Um, and yeah. he he's
1: like memorializing the fact that they're built like updating it or like it's the anniversary or they finally fix something. Like what's going
2: on here? I, I don't know. Again, like it's bad enough for us as, as grown ass people uh, but imagine being a kid and like watching this scene yeah. it's like cause that's the thing I remember seeing this episode as a kid and mm-hmm. like you know the death trap the fight at the end of the, in the clock that stuck with me <sighs> like this is this passes like a dry fart like it's yeah. just kids do not care about public transit <laughs> listeners if you can figure out
1: what he's doing at this speech write in <laughs>
2: I don't want this information in my
1: head. Uh, but the only thing that actually needs to get across mm-hmm. is that as part of his speech, at the climax of it, a train is supposed to arrive on his verbal cue. Right. But instead, it
2: doesn't. Which, again, as as someone who has, I don't know, done things, existed in the world, where where would the train have been coming from that it came on right on cue, right? Why would you not just have it, like, just inside the tunnel, and then you can wheel it out? Right.
1: Or, at, like, at worst, have a monitor that Hill's watching so he can say the line when it's about to show up. Right. Also, you would hear it, maybe this is my Boston-centric mindset, but you would
2: hear it screeching, <laughs> screeching <laughs> down the, the uh, tunnel well before it arrives. Like some sort of Batman out of hell. Yes. Somehow, somehow it accelerates while having the brakes on. Uh-huh. Um, my thought was as a commuter rail user, uh, the train not coming, not a surprise. In fact, um, I mean, I've had times when the like the X time train did not come and then the like X plus half an hour train was late. Yes. So,
1: <sighs> especially if it was like windy that day. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Because the wind does things. It does, to trains. Um, Uh, But this is not just a train being late. This is something that was supposed to be preset up and timed. It doesn't show up. People start laughing at Hill. The Clock King has taken over the PA system, and he publicly addresses everyone that Hill is a failure. They can't get a train to show up. Oh, and by the way, uh, watch this, because two two subway trains are about to collide feet away from you.
2: Yeah. Uh, which, you know, tells us at least, um, at least Mary Hill is not a European-style fascist because the trains don't run on time. Um, and, although I understand that they didn't in Mussolini's Italy, but fine, whatever. Hey, it's a slogan that we remember today. Yep, yep, yeah, yeah, um, we, we remember other things. Um, hey, just as an aside, I don't know, he played the Riddler, so I'll connect it that way. Mussolini played the Riddler? Good guess. Um, that would have been great. Uh, so Mussolini's granddaughter is, like, still a feature in Italian politics, and uh, a couple years ago, she and Jim Carrey feuded on Twitter. Okay. (laughs) That's the world you live in, folks. Dr. Robotnik and the Riddler, feuded with Mussolini's
1: granddaughter. Did Jim Carrey drag her for being the granddaughter of a uh, fascist dictator?
2: No, he dragged her for still being a fascist and said that her father died like a dog.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Score one for Jim Carrey. Yep. Yeah, say what you want about the guy, but he is not shy about uh, taking down conservatives and fascists on Twitter.
2: Yep. (laughs) It's just... (laughs) Wow. Um. cool anyway there were only minor injuries thank god right
1: yeah uh, which come on
2: <laughs> I do want to call out that the, t- the tension
1: in this scene of the showing the trains coming towards each other and people running mm-hmm. was, was well mm-hmm. uh, storyboarded then they collide and like they collide like just how, how I would want them to right <laughs> yeah. like they smash into each other and like the one on the left goes careening out onto the platform it perfectly jackknifes yes like, Mm. it was beautiful Uh, then thereafter ruined by the shittiest looking fire I've ever seen (laughs) in this series (laughs) coming out the windows of the wreckage it looks like they were drawn on like right before they had to like turn in the film
2: (laughs) it would have been better if they just like cut it out behind it and just held it over a fire and photographed that Well, that would be if David Lynch had uh, (laughs) done this episode fire train with me uh huh um but luckily guess who's there to report on this why it's summer gleason the only journalist in <laughs> City. oh my god um yeah and, and i again like we're just kind of like going through the motions of making the plot happen till we get to the end because i'm i'm missing notes for what happened next but like yeah me too like I like I get to the end my guess is Batman
1: so he sees this happening yeah he's again too late uh, to stop it right and then he's like you know what thinking about it Alfred when I was in his lair he had a ton of information about this one clock tower more than anything else and there's nothing of value there let's just go there
2: which I mean honestly not like it's a pretty safe bet yeah It's like, yeah, there's a you know bird exhibit in town, better stake that out just to be sure, right? Um, oh, also, uh, Gleason reports that Mirhill disappeared in the train. That's walk. right, um, right, so we don't even see Fugit kidnap him, no, which is that's left to the imagination, yeah. Which, okay, fine. He, I don't know, hit him over the head with his goofy little minute hand, minute hand walking stick, yeah, cane, whatever, sword, <laughs> it's more of a sword, it is. Okay, but it's kind of a spear. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it's like a short spear. Yeah. yeah. That's a that was a good. <laughs> some <part of> time. <laughs> so it must be the hour hand. That's it. That must be it. Um, let's you know when it's pointing down, but your time's up. Yeah, pointing down, time to die.
1: Okay. So Batman shows up to find Mayor Hill tied to the hour hand. Yep. Of a. Uh, of Gotham Big Ben. Oh yes, this giant <laughs> F clock tower. This absolutely humongous clock tower.
2: Comfortable, Hill?
1: No, no, he's not comfortable. You have his limbs tied backwards. And this death trap, um, and this death trap, is very special because it ties in to the origin story of uh, of Clock King. Yes, because Hill is tied, hands and feet bound behind his back to the hour hand. And the minute hand is taken towards him. And at 3.15 exactly, he will be crushed yep. by the minute hand, which... Um, pretty gruesome. Pretty gruesome. <laughs> Although I, I have to say, at 3.15 exactly, the minute hand and the hour hand don't touch. Because mm. the hour hand should be a quarter away between 3 and 4.
2: Yes. And the clock
1: king should know this.
2: I mean, it's a pretty big... Like, it's a pretty wide minute hand, so yeah I guess the inside of it might be touching yeah yeah yeah, yeah.
1: Um, also the minute hand is behind the hour hand so what, like I guess it would take his leg off but
2: I mean he would he would
1: absolutely die from it I'm willing to believe uh, yeah, yeah I guess having your leg crushed by this minute hand and then like just bleeding out you know 300 <laughs> feet above uh, <laughs> above street level yeah just a classic
2: death trap yeah um, it's a nice one yeah it, it really is and Oh god, what was I gonna say about it? Oh, I found myself wondering how he tied, tied Hill to the the hour hand like that. Like mm-hmm. it's a very good tie job. Yep. It's like how did he when did this? It's fine. Don't ask. Don't yeah, ask questions. It's that that one's on me. That's a dumb question. He doesn't even seem to have thugs. No. He doesn't have henchmen. Is he actually the most competent supervillain in the series? Him or Lucas.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Uh, go back to Prophecy of Doom if you don't know who Lucas is. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Lucas really should have struck out on his own. Well, who's to say he didn't? You know, Maybe he went to uh, Metropolis. If I ever get, get lucky enough to write Batman, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to revisit some of these characters because yeah. there's some good shit in here. Batman, you're Lucas. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
1: but anyway, uh, instead of spending all of his time trying to rescue Hill, Batman spends all of his time fighting the clock king inside the clock
2: tower. Which yeah is weird because he could just save Hill and then then go fight Clock King like there's no reason it's fine yeah
1: I mean something must be p- pressing enough for Batman to go in there and duke it out with the Clock King like the minute hand yeah um, I mean, he's trying like I guess Batman's trying to prove a point
2: um, <laughs> but he fights him like it's a pretty cool fight inside yeah. the Clock Tower yeah it is. I mean it is like the clock ter- the Clock Tower is exactly what I want. Like the inside of a clock tower to be, yes, right. There's no, there's no way that's based on anything real. It's no. not functional. It is again a sort of Art Deco nightmare. Yes, it's just like
1: dozens of gears wider than a than a man is tall, spinning around with like all these workings uh, and like the things that like um, I don't even know what it's called. The little hook that like gets moved to like, take the second hand and mm-hmm. like chains. It's uh, it's this rad imaginary inside of a clock tower. Yeah,
2: an absolute R- Rube Goldberg machine of one. And, yeah, they they fight, and for some reason, this time nerd is is able to, I, yeah, leverage his time superpower to fight Batman. Yes.
1: Um, At no point does Batman have the upper hand. Right. Like, the clock king is winning the whole time. Upper hand. Minute hand. Hour hand. That one's a stretch. That one.
2: <laughs> um... <laughs> Uh, and then was desperately trying to like make that like a seventh inning stretch joke. Time to stretch? Nah, that's not coming together. Nope. Anyway, I saw the I saw it working. I saw the gears turning God. in your head. Uh, yeah. So the fight ends when um, when Fugit lunges to uh, short spear Batman, um, and then apparently like these two cogs that he embeds his pimp cane in are the linchpin. Of this entire clock tower, and it doesn't generate enough power. To, like just crunch this thing or whatever, and it all it all starts to go on. Yes. it
1: it causes every gear and lever to fall apart and like collapse dramatically to the earth, to, like to to the ground.
2: Right. So and of course this happens just as that minute hand is about to crush Hill, and we that's when we get that close up where it's so perfectly shaped. The color looks so good, and Hill. It's this sort of low angle on him, so you can only sort of see his face uh, as he is trying to like <laughs> wriggle away from from being crushed. And then, mm-hmm. um, but then Batman comes out and unties him, and you know, I, the physics on the on Batman's rope in this scene are nonsense. Um, it's one thing when you see like Spider Man do these like thread the needles through a, a window, but mm-hmm. sure, whatever, it's fine. <laughs>
1: He's rescued. And is there... And the the Denimant is that they didn't find the Clock King's body, and they say, uh, do you think he could still be out there? And Batman says, if I could escape,
2: he could escape. Which is probably true. I mean, yes. It's a weird thing to say, though, considering he is the world's greatest escape artist. Yeah, but the Clock King is
1: his equal in reflexes and planning, apparently. Apparently.
2: And then, what what was it? Because he's like... So, Batman, do you think we'll be seeing him again? I think it'll be a matter of time. That's right. Does that even count as a pun? No. It's It's... wordplay at best. At best. Um, And then there's a clock sound effect. Yep. I don't know. I, I think it's actually kind of good. It, in a better episode, I would feel much better about like the menacing clock sound at the end. Yeah, I mean it's better than the bum bum
1: bum bum because like Batman didn't earn that. <laughs> Batman did not earn that
2: no, music he sting. Got, he got the shit out of this whole episode, um, and and in fact, Batman's wrong. Clock King doesn't come back in this series. No, but he does come back in Justice League Unlimited. <laughs> as, as the switchboard operator for Joker's TV. Um,
1: and as the uh, master planner for Task Force X. Yeah.
2: So, neither of which Gordon deals with. Nope. So, there's no we here, Batman. Um, I will say, as far as Batman not earning it and just getting clowned on at every opportunity what I do think is kind of cool about at least the conceit of this episode is so much of it is based around Clock King weaponizing the city Mm -hmm. against um, against Hill, against Batman right like I don't know he's a real systems thinker and I I appreciate that about like Batman sort of seeing himself as the embodiment of Gotham right and someone saying like I just memorized when the trains run and suddenly you're shit out of luck um so I do think like that there's a clever there's a really clever idea in there mm-hmm. and so much more could be done with yes
1: uh, I agree that was cool and uh, yeah he was so watching this as a kid I was like the clock king like look at this twerp like this guy is not a worthy foe to
2: Batman right. but then by the end of it I'm like alright yeah yeah he I don't know he also looks like the um, the cartoon version of... Who's the guy who hosts, um, like, the narrator for the original Frosty the Snowman? I don't know. I'll look it up.
1: Yes, do. Uh, he reminds me of the, uh, the time-wasting Phantom from uh, Phantom Tollbooth. Mm-hmm. The time-wasting demon, if you've ever seen that, from, like, 1971 or whatever.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Also... But it's mostly the bowler hat. It's like mostly the bowler the hat. The general
1: cut of his jib.
2: Yeah, that's exactly it. It's um, I don't know. It's a, you know what? More than right. anything else, he he seems like someone who would be like from the militant branch of uh, Monty Python's Flying Circus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or like one of the people that they like make fun of. Right. Yeah, exactly.
1: Right. Uh, so okay. I already said that I think Batman would have been dead from that explosion.
2: Yeah. What else
1: do we have for the body count? God, the train station. Heck yeah.
2: Yeah, I'll I'll say dozens, dozens, right? And that's assuming no one was on those trains. Right. If there's no, even if there's no passengers on on those trains,
1: trains have operators. Right. Like even in Gotham City, the trains have operators.
2: Yeah, they have operators. They're so dangerous. Um, I'll say at least half a dozen people would have been dead if the trains were otherwise empty. Yes. Um so yeah. Anything else? It's probably <sighs> it, right? That's probably it. Yeah. So let's rank it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I was coming into this feeling much better about it and then um, you know, even celebrating the the bits of it that I did. I am not I'm going to say pretty solidly in the middle did my attitude drag you down or was it just like, no, I've been feeling this way more and more since, uh, like I said, I did my 22 second summary and just saying all that, that stuff out loud. I'm like, Ooh, you know, everything about this, this, that didn't work bothers me more.
1: Yeah. This was in the middle. To me, it's below the dividing line of the middle, whatever that is. Um, maybe
2: the forgotten. Yeah. Um, it's definitely worse than that. Yeah. I'd say so. I don't know, the forgotten again the Forgotten's is such a weird episode because it too is so uneven mm-hmm. right like cool hand luke starring batman that's a neat idea but <laughs> the geography doesn't make any sense like <laughs> that big gross uh fat southerner right um and now that you mention it like i don't know it's it's one of those things where the more time goes out like I'll think like, oh no, Like you're just saying that now. I was thinking, oh, yeah, Forgotten's a pretty good episode. And then I remember Alfred flying the Batwing. Um, that was fun. It was fun and kind of funny, but also, I don't know. Eh, mm, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm
1: like now trying to think of like, okay, what, episode, what episodes were worse than this?
2: How do you feel about it in relation to Underdwellers? <clears throat> I think it's almost tied. Yeah, that would be my... My call. Because, like,
1: Underdwellers is where, like, we get to the point where it's, like, competent but not very good. Right. Uh, and, like, below that is, like, the, the most terrible
2: list episodes. Right. Yeah. Your, your Cats and Claws, your um, Joker's Christmases, that sort of thing. Yes. And above that, you get, like, decent episodes that are in the middle of the pack. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, right. The first Scarecrow episode, that sort of thing. Yeah. 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 Um. Cool. Yep. It is. It is an episode of Batman the Animated Series. Yes. Like the only reason that the
1: Scarecrow episode was better than this, Mm. the first Scarecrow episode, is because the of the animations on the uh, the nightmare sequences. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah. Uh, Cool.
1: Okay. Well, this week we have a new segment for you, and uh, I'll let Brandon say the name of it because I say it. Say it. No, I refuse. Steadfastly, I will not say the name of this segment. It's
2: Arkham Kimes.
1: That's right, folks. Uh, And the idea is we're going to go back into back issues of Batman and tell you about a weird or fun or just a hidden gem that you might not have come across.
2: Yeah, so we were thinking about time today, and um, there have been multiple Clocks King Um, I didn't want to talk about them because we just spent an hour talking about The Clock King and I'd rather not. Um, So I thought, hey, what about that time Batman time-traveled? Which, I replied, which time? Because he has
1: time-traveled many times.
2: Yes. So, um, what popped into my head initially was this book by the name of Time and the Batman, but it was not the one I was thinking of. The one where he time-travels in Grant Morrison's run is uh, the return of Bruce Wayne. So um, I'm only going to get into this enough to make you go, what? And then I'll keep going. So here's the groundwork. Batman was fighting Darkseid and Darkseid hit him with the Omega Beams, right? Um, how did Batman fight basically like a god from beyond our space and time well of course he he used a gun (laughs) once batman has a gun it's all over wasn't like a gun given to him by the god of death or something so it was actually the ur gun like it was the platonic ideal of a gun so did you like go into like a, a meta realm
1: to like where they have like the platonic ideals of everything and got it
2: pretty much okay yeah yeah because uh, Orion, Darkseid's son Had been murdered with a time traveling bullet Okay um, You know, how you do
0: um,
2: So then he found that in the, in the investigation Cool, so everyone thinks Bruce Wayne is dead Dick Grayson takes over as Batman um, How long did fans Have to sit around
1: with the, the idea that Bruce Wayne was dead Before they were like, here's an issue that has Bruce Wayne in it
2: uh, it was like maybe a couple months. Uh-huh. Uh, because this this miniseries kicked in pretty soon, mm-hmm. um, and ev- everyone knew. Like, in I fact, mean, no, I'm sure nobody yeah, believed that he was dead. Right. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, they didn't have to wait for him very long. And Dick Grayson as Batman with Damien as Robin was cool as hell. Did they Did they give him a funeral like they gave Superman a funeral? It was not this like it wasn't on the same scale partly because um, there is no like real life Gotham City that had an actual funeral for him unlike Metropolis, Illinois doing that for Superman uh-huh. um, my favorite bit from all of that by the way is there's a scene where Tim Drake says wait a second he's Batman he can't be dead he's Batman <laughs> I mean fair fair but like diegetically that's bananas uh-huh. um, so cool um, you've we find out what happened was, I'm just going to get this out of the way, Darkseid sent Bruce Wayne back through time so that he would sort of leapfrog forward, and, like, his breaking the time stream would accumulate enough energy that it would just destroy everything. Like everything in the universe? Right. Uh, Darkseid's whole thing is the anti-life equation. Uh-huh. You solve for X, and X is apparently Batman in this scenario. Huh. Um, great. Uh, what, did it have to be Batman, or could it have been anyone? I mean, I think it could have been anyone. What's sort of neat about it is Batman wiggled out of it by, like, he had to recognize a fundamental truth about himself, and that was that, like, Batman cannot be alone. Like, Bruce Wayne really likes the idea that he's, you know, a one-man wolf pack, um, when in fact he is an Enterprise, and that's what inspired him to do Batman Incorporated, Uh which we can get into at a later date. So now that you have, like, the context for this story... So first, Bruce gets sent back to caveman times. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, you might be thinking, well, weren't our, like, species ancestors, like, really fast and really strong compared to us? Yes, but he's Batman. So um, he's largely amnesiac. Uh, He kills a giant bat creature and uses its fur as clothes. Does he build it into a or tailor it into a shoulder-bearing um, like fur? That's an excellent guess, but he actually does the sort of thing where like he uses the head as a hood. Uh-huh. Um so he has a, a cape and everything. Like it's he's just Batman again. He just Batman's himself. Uh yep. And uh fights the uh the caveman who would end up being Vandal Savage. Oh, cool. Uh yep. And uh and then yeah, he just kind of creates the primordial fear of bats. He creates, like, the... Yep. Okay. Yep. <laughs> I don't think
1: that's how any of that works. No.
2: But it, it's so... It's such a Morrison thing to just just be like, hey, I've heard of writers who use subtext. I use supertext. Um, <clears throat> so, great. Uh, then, instead of, like, we jump millions, thousands, thousands of years, years. ahead... Might as well be millions. I don't know. Um, to uh, Puritan America. <laughs> wow, we skipped... In, he, incredible restraint in skipping
1: Ancient Egypt.
2: Um, yes, which, you know, now that you've mentioned it, could you please make a note? Because that will be our next Crappling Hook episode.
1: <laughs> um, I remember in the last Crappling Hook, you were telling me about the
2: Batmans uh, throughout time. Yes. Yeah. And I will applaud Morrison for not doing Ancient Egypt Batman, because that would be... ooh a mm, little tone deaf. Um,
1: Although he could have fought uh, Hawkman there, right? He, yes.
2: Yeah. Or met him. Uh, or just King Tut, whatever. Oh, no, who was a villain on the Batman 66 series. Huh.
1: Even more surprising that he resisted this.
2: Yeah. Yeah, actually. Grant, what are you doing to us? Um, okay. So he goes to Puritan times... And pretends to be a witch hunter named Mordecai, and works with his own um, his own like great so on grandfather Thomas Wayne, Um, you know senior. Yeah, sure. Senior, Uh, senior. Yes, Uh, and basically,
1: does he found Wayne Enterprises in as in sixteen (laughs) fifty
2: or whatever? Good guess. He actually just says like. These, none of these women are witches, so he gets all these like accused witches exonerated. Oh, nice! Basically, because yeah. he like prove
1: with like modern uh, forensics that they're not witches. Uh, because modern, that would get him accused of being a witch. Like,
2: like modern forensics, in the way that like uh, Tim Burton's like Sleepy Hollow uses modern forensics. Uh-huh. Um, so that's great. I forget if it was before or after this, because uh, my sense of time is uh, borked all to hell. We do get Pirate Batman. Sweet. (laughs) Yep. Um, So he just becomes a straight-up privateer. Um, It's cool. I don't know. I don't know what to say other
1: than... Is there a a why or wherefore to this? Or he's just like, you know what? It's uh, the 18th century. I'm going to get me aboard a tall ship and start privateering.
2: Let me check my notes. That's right. Uh, He... (laughs) Guess. Guess who he's confronted by? Aquaman. Good guess. Think more historical. Uh, uh, Queen Blackbeard. Oh, great. (laughs) Who might be the only motherfucker more theatrical than Bruce Wayne? (laughs) Yes, the guy was theatrical and a badass. Yes. Um, and to my knowledge, there's no record that he ever actually killed anyone. So I don't know. Um. Anyway, so Blackbeard believes Wayne is the fabled Black Pirate and demands he lead him to the most uh, to one of the most famous treasures he is known to have stolen, um, which is of the, uh, the Miyagami tribe. Um, and, uh, and if you might recall that name from uh, being the Native Americans who lived on Gotham Island before white folk came uh, and ruined everything. Um, so they go back to like find this treasure, and what they find is is um like cave paintings and stuff um that commemorate Barbados the bat spirit of prehistory that was Bruce Wayne full circle yep yeah. yep yeah, yeah um he also does um <clears throat> he also does uh cowboy batman right Might as well. Yep, he carries guns, doesn't use them on anyone, or at least not to kill them. Uh, Vandal Savage takes out a bounty on him. Uh, Jonah Hex goes to collect. This was the Thomas Wayne uh, one. So it was. So it was, excuse me, uh, just so you know, it's Nathaniel Wayne who was the witch hunter. Uh Thomas Wayne, who is the uh, cultist. (laughs) Who. It's like a
1: Lovecraft kind of cult?
2: Well, kind of, yeah. So the Barbados cult shows up every once in a while. There's one story where Barbados is summoned by uh, Freemasons, including uh, Benjamin Franklin. Challenges everyone to a limbo contest. I mean, might as well. At this point, um, that's the one where Riddler kind of manipulated Batman into cutting open a baby's throat. Yeah. Uh, we're to the point where I'm like yeah that one (laughs) (laughs) there's so much more Batman to go um so great um I mean there's a few others but yeah like Batman finds the Batcave in time like in you know old westy times I really like the idea of Batman and Vandal Savage battling through time yeah like that is actually a very cool idea yeah um so yeah and then like i said batman eventually catches up so he gets to the end of time um he does some shenanigans uh blah 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 the plot of flatliners a little bit okay um it's dumb um and then yeah he uh he ends up back at um back in his regular time fighting uh dr hurt who has been possessed by the spirit that was going to use Batman to blow up the universe. And, um, so two Batmans and a Robin fight, uh, Dr. Hurt. And, oh boy, we can talk about that some other time. Anyway, Batman's been a pirate and a gun, gun gunfighting cowboy and caveman. And he's just a living action figure.
1: Nice. Uh hang on one second I'm going to look up what episode comes next so yeah. i can to pitch to it Batman DS the right episode list here we go uh, was that the end of this too? oh
2: you know where have it been?
1: no oh. appointment in crime alley
2: okay hot huh. damn
1: so if you liked that or if that sounded cool to you go seek those books out yeah, next. it's it's in one trade, so it's just the return of Bruce Wayne. And if you prefer just hearing us gab about the animated series, <laughs> tune in next week where we're going to talk about the classic episode "Appointment in Crime Alley," uh, one of the the more mature and moody episodes of Batman the Animated Series. We're just saying something.
2: Yeah, and, and gets in one of my favorite and uh, under like criminally um, underrepresented Bat family members, Leslie Tompkins So definitely join us for that one.
1: We'll see you. We'll be here. Same battering time, same battering channel.
2: Emphasis on time.